Warning. Mombies will discuss information regarding true crime or other topics that are spooky in nature. This may be offensive to some listeners. For more information on the potential trigger warnings in this episode, please review our show notes and be cautious when listening. I'm Beth. I'm Christina. And I'm Holly. And we're the Mombies. That's a great question. Weird. Just just absolutely strange. How do you even do that? I feel like that's gotta mean something. Hi, spooky humans. Welcome back to the Mombies Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Holly. And Holly, I've got a couple of silly stories to tell you about my daughter this week. I bring it. (laughs) So this is how I know she's my child. Um, Monday, I was making brownies. And I was like, I'm going to make some brownies kind of for myself. I kind of told her. I I didn't think she'd really be, like, into it because she's just, she's all about candy right now. Easter's coming up, you know, whatever. But, um, and she'd been like, candy all night. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make brownies. So I, I make them salted caramel brownies. They're amazing. And I let her have some. I'm like, okay, here's like a tiny piece. Here you go. Like, be, be gone. You know? <laughs> the rest is mine. And she goes, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I love brownies. I was like, damn it. And... I, I got you, girl, at the like, same time. <laughs> you are my child. <laughs> you just have the pan, honey. All right. And literally, we finished the pan together in like a day. So Yes. I, moral of the story is I shouldn't bake brownies. But <laughs> she loved it. It was so funny. Like, are you freaking kidding me? No. They're good, huh? <laughs> I love I love it. Okay, so we need to start writing them down. Okay, and I always tell myself, hmm. I'm like, I'm going to remember it. I, I don't ever fucking I remember know. it. So yesterday, we were making um, rainbow headbands because this weekend, we are having a blessing way for our friend. Um, and we're super excited. It's going to be totally rainbow themed. And so I'm making a little like rainbow tiara for her so the kids and I are making some for them because they're like oh my god I want to do that too and so I'm in the middle of making one for my son and Lila's like can you come I guess we're gonna start saying our kids names that just (laughs) slipped right out so my daughter Lila is like um Told you it feels weird not to do it. To keep saying daughter and son, and so we're trusting you guys. We're gonna, we're all gonna be family here, okay? Be creepy, but not too creepy. Right? right? (laughs) And so um, she says, "Mom, come, come play with me. Let's go to the other room. Let's, let's play, let's play dolls." And I'm like, "Well, it's Anthony's turn now. You know, I'm gonna make one with him." And she just looks up at me and she was like, "Well, that's a shame." I was like, "What?" She's five. Yeah. And I was like, "I literally almost thought about being like, bye." And going to play with her just because it was so funny. <laughs> They're like so proper. I know. Maddie recently said something about no time to waste. I'm like, what the hell did you even hear that? Right. <laughs> it's like some of the stuff that they watch 
it was. Just like, well, that's a shame. That's a shame. Okay. It's adorable right now. I really like this age. Oh, I do too. I love it. They start saying more and more things every day. You're like, I don't know how you know that, but good job using it correctly. <laughs> My uh, nephew likes to, uh, he was here uh, not very long ago. I picked him up from school, which was a blast. He did not know I was picking him up. He is three. I don't know if I just said that or not. Um, and so he's like, oh, he calls me ho-ho. So he's like, oh my God comes running over and um i bring him back home i don't remember why i was bringing him up darn it did that ever happen to you guys where yes. you just right in the middle of talking and then floop oh no just flies flies right away maddie was a stinker tonight i was gonna say another thing that made me think of she's absolutely my daughter is that at gymnastics tonight she was on the bars and they like it's like an uneven bar situation the the lowest one they push themselves up and kind of like kick their feet point their toes and then they move on well the teacher was talking to another teacher and so maddie like kept looking like there we go maddie kept looking <laughs> over at um her teacher and was like you know seeing that she wasn't paying attention to her so she jumps up to the upper bar and was like swinging her feet and just having a good old time and then like kept looking over like while she's hanging is like is she seeing me yet no okay good i keep, I keep, keep going she's yeah. gonna drop and then she dropped before she was done talking and then just like like skipped on to the next <laughs> station i was like that is so something i would have done when i was that age. i love it sneaky yeah. sneaky good yeah. luck with that later oh, yeah for sure our kids aren't gonna be able to hide shit though sorry no. for you right. i'm gonna know i know all the tricks where you are every week exactly when we first started going out when we were kids there wasn't cell phones you wouldn't have caller ID yet. So right. you just called your parents to let you know you were they you were there safe, but you could be calling from anywhere you wanted to. Absolutely. Oh, our our, kids our poor parents. parents. <laughs> oh my my God. poor parents. <laughs> oh. Alright. Well, this week we are gonna talk about um, a very interesting case. So I feel oftentimes in the true crime space, we hear cases that they can be enigmatic. Other cases are more straightforward. Um, they may or may not be solved. But one common theme is that some kind of crime has occurred. In this episode, we'll head south to Valdosta, Georgia, and examine the details of a situation that has been ruled a horrible accident. Um, but was it? You know, was, was it? Was it? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it. So we will be discussing Kendrick Johnson and his death in Valdosta, Georgia on January 10th, 2013. Bum, bum, bum. So uh, Valdosta itself has a population of 55,000. Um, so just to give a little uh, information about the place that we are, we are in. But when looking at the statistics, they actually go by like the Valdosta MSA or like the, the Metropolitan Statistical Area. So the general area around Valdosta okay. is around 145,000 people. So a decent size city that we're okay. in. Um, it is 55% white and then 34% black and then, you know, other races in there as well. However, in Valdosta itself the statistics are opposite. There's a, a higher black population than there is white. Okay. And we'll talk about um, racism in this case. It's kind of hard to not discuss it when we talk about this because Kendrick Johnson was a black male um, and it was predominantly white 
um, authorities and, you know, people that look, looked over this case initially, at least the local authorities. Um, and there is definitely accusations of racism in the way that they handled mm-hmm. the case. So the documentary I watched, um, Finding Kendrick, jo- Finding Kendrick Johnson, um, which actually Beth recommended, and it was awesome, so kudos. Um, and I totally recommend it to anyone else. If you're here, you like true crime, you would love this documentary because it just goes into the forensics. It goes, you, you get interviews with people who actually worked on the case. It's great. I have not watched it yet, and I plan to after this. Definitely. I'm going to watch it. Totally. You'll love it. Um, and I'll have quotes from the documentary in, in here as well. So you'll see, you, it's just crazy. They, they started off, though, doing a real, like, deep dive into the history of Georgia itself. And there are very deep, dark, historic roots of racism. As I mentioned before, it's, it's, a big, it's kind of a big part of this case. Um, we're talking about a place where you will find Confederate flags flying around, um, monuments of Confederate leaders. Valdosta is about two hours away from Brunswick, Georgia, where Ahmed Arbery was murdered in 2020. Mm. So, no, not everyone from the South or everyone in Georgia um, is racist, not even close, but there are reports of racism um, in, in crimes due to racism right. in Valdosta. So it's impossible not to discuss that and address that in this case. So... Kendrick Johnson, also fondly known as KJ, was a junior at Lowndes High School in January of 2013. His mother was Jackie, or is Jackie Johnson. Um, Kenneth Sr. is his father, and he is a truck driver, and he was actually out of town during the incident. Um, So there's Kenneth Sr., Kenneth Jr., Kenyatta, Kendrick, Kenya, they have a granddaughter, Kennedy, and a grandson, Kenneth the Third, or K3. So they're all KJs. Stop! That's so cute. Uh, I can't even say, when, whenever we go over to my sister's house where there's, there's two kids there, it's literally as soon as we get there, I'll be like, bah, 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 yeah, bah, one's the other, and the other's... And their names yeah. aren't, don't even sound anywhere near alike. Oh, I would just be like, every time I yell, every single one of y'all yeah. come in the room. <laughs> Just say KJ, and they're all, you know, Everybody's present. Coming. <laughs> Everyone's coming. Um, so Kendrick was a football player. He was an athlete. 17 years old. He was born October 10th, 1995, um, and died January 10th, 2013. So let's talk about the day of his disappearance. He was not on the bus home, so immediately his mother is worried. She's asking his sister, Kenyatta, do you know if there was a basketball game or any kind of reason that he would stay after for school? Um, nothing. So they, the two of them drive to the school. They've, they've called his father. His father hasn't talked to him either that day. He's, he's driving um, from New York back home. And they drive around until it's dark. So finally, uh, I think it was around either 10 p.m. or midnight, they call and report him missing. Um and the cop initially, like, they took a report, and he was good. They were, you know, they said they'll, they'll drive around and look for him, but he's probably just out chasing girls or out hanging out with his friends. You know, they always think that nothing's up. Can right? you imagine, okay, so, like, being the parent that nine times out of ten, your kid's not on the bus home, and you drive to the school, and that's where they are, or they're at the friend's house. You right. know, the majority of the time, you're frustrated and angry, and they're just at the school, and then getting there and not being there. 
Oh, that yeah. must feel once it gets too right. dark. Oh, my God. Right, because like you're saying, if it's a fluke and they're there, mm-hmm. you've got like 30 minutes of worry. But she's been hours driving right. driving around. At that point, now, that starts to feel real. Right, exactly. And the cop is just like, oh, you know, he's probably you know, hanging out. She's like, no. That's what's frustrating about the law is that the mother of the child is like, this is out of the ordinary and that you a complete stranger just because you're the law you're like oh well it could be this so we're gonna wait 24 hours what right you don't even know them that's exactly crazy that is not their personality his mom even said she's like no my kids know they need to be home 10 p.m especially any child under the age of 18 i don't give a fuck True. Exactly. I don't give a we fuck. If my I child. see they're missing, right. you go look right that second. Absolutely. Doesn't matter Absolutely. if they're a runaway. I don't give a fuck if I know they're a runaway. Yeah. You go look because it's a child. Okay. Every single time. Exactly. Absolutely. Ab- I agree 100%. Even if he is just hanging out with his friends, it's like, go bust up the group. Yeah. Take them home. That's what you home. get for ru- Yup. So, uh, Kendrick's dad, this is so sad. So, I, as I just mentioned, he was out of town driving home. He said at midnight he just knew Kendrick was dead. He just had this, like, no. gut-wrenching feeling. He said he had to pull over and sleep and, like, well, not sleep, but try to, like, rest. Oh He's like, he felt so sick and just overwhelmed. No. Yeah. They, and they were so close. He, him and his dad were, like, he, they spoke every day. He, he always consulted his father about, like, everything. I mean, ugh, <laughs> just tears your heart apart. So earlier that day, um, this is January 10th. Kendrick had been at school. They do have CCTV footage of him around until around 1.20 p.m. Um, and that he's seen entering the gym. There are two gyms at the school. There, uh, This was the main gym um, until they built another. So it was, it's referred to as the old gym. However, it was still in use. And there are kids playing basketball even, like as he enters the gym uh, on the hoop opposite side of the gym where the mats are. Okay. Something to note, and we'll talk about the CCD, CCTV footage, but I read part of the sheriff's incident report. So they show, they show like stills of like 1.20 p.m. Kendrick's in the gym. The sheriff's incident report that they have, and again, this would have been done the day late, a day later, so I don't know how they pulled this specific time out of their ass, but they have... 1.09 p.m. on 1.10 as the incident date and time of when he would have. And the thing is, is the incident, are they saying it's his death? I'm not sure because if if we'll, you know, talk more about like what the ruling was, what they found it to be. But if this is some kind of accident and he's in there in the mat, he's not just going to die right away. So right. it's it's. It's strange. And, you know, the, the difference of times, 120, 109, it's, it seems minor, but you think they would have reviewed the footage that day and been like, oh, 120, he's, you know. Entering. So the incident the had to be right after, after. that anyways. Right. So it just, that, that leaves a bad taste. That looks like doctored yeah. information that sure you started that way, filling right? out right away. It just, it's strange. And there's, you know, it, we'll talk more about it, but... It just doesn't feel right. So the next day is Friday, January 11th, 10.30 a.m., still no sign of Kendrick. Jackie returns to the school that morning, um, and that's when they found the body. He was found rolled up in a gym mat upside down at 10.30 a.m., Friday, January 11th. Mm. <sighs> were there kids at school? It's rough. Yeah, kids were at school, and, and they didn't even... 
like trying to rope off the air. Like kids were changing classes. They, um, what? yeah. In the day before too, like kids even had, they had like basketball practice in that gym at like 3 p.m. I mean, this place had been, had seen many people in and out of it between the time of the incident. Why was I looking in the school? Do you know? Why, how did they, because oh, they didn't. Why, like, why were they looking around for him in the first right, place? Right, why? So, um, some of the kids were in the gym. So other, we'll talk about, like, why he was in there um, here in just a minute, too. But other kids used that area of the gym to, like, stash shoes and other things for gym classes. And um, there were some kids climbing up on the gym mats and saw his body down Oh. There. And so called the police. Oh. Yep. All right. Stop. No. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so his mom's there. You'd think they'd be like, hey, is this your son, your missing son? They would not let her into the gym to see his body. Like, she had to sit in a chair outside, like, hysterical. I will cut you! Yeah. Let me, yeah. And his dad was like, that, again, he was not, fit. like, he was out of town as a point of, you know, frustration for him. He's like, if I were there, I would have been in that gym viewing my son. So they took pictures of, you know, what was at the scene, and they actually, like, had Kenyatta, who was there as well, like, look at pictures and identify his his shoes. What? Yeah. I will burn this motherfucker down. Yeah. And they, like, were rude about his mom being hysterical. Like, at first they were like, we don't even know if it's your son. And she's like, has anyone else reported their son missing? Like, what are you fucking talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Terrible. So, let's see. So, they, and like we were talking about, they didn't treat it like a crime scene. They didn't, like, rope it off. People were coming in and out. I mean, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. You knew, even before you got there, that there was a fucking dead body. Right. This principal should have been getting every motherfucker out of that building. Go home. Get on the bus. Everybody get out. Everybody out. Or everybody go to this fucking area or whatever and call on people's parents and like, come get your shit. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was, you know, just an accident. Like, the right doesn't matter. Right. There's a dead body here. Yeah. If I was one of those kids' parents, I'd be losing my fucking mind. Just like kids just walking around in there. No. No. That poor family. I've already heard this story, yeah. so yeah. So you, I'm just nice and fucking worked up already. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And it's like it just gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like ugh. So Kendrick's father was finally able to see him at the morgue, and he immediately sees what he thinks is evidence that Kendrick was in a fight. In the documentary, he's like, "I opened that bag, and I said, oh, he's been in a fight." And it's true. So there's crime scene photos. We'll talk about, let's talk about the condition of the body. There are crime scene photos of Kendrick's face. And there's one in particular in my mind. And as well, this is when, it, how his father saw him. So in his father's mind that he was in a fight. There are many photos of Kendrick's body. You can easily find them online. The parents want it that way. So everyone can see for themselves what happened to Kendrick. Um, but there's and there's one very disturbing photo where his features are very distorted and it's I just want to know it's important to note this photo was taken after the autopsy where his skin had been pulled away from the skull during examination. Yeah. But this is not the photo I'm referring to. So let's um, just get that out of the way. There's a different photo and it's a close up of his face and his arms kind of like above his head and 
So when a body suspends upside down as he had been for nearly 24 hours, there will be blood pooling in Mm -hmm. your head. The blood is going to collect in your head and then it starts to bleed out. There, that's the reason why there was a pool of blood underneath his body. So you can see the skin discoloration on his lips and areas around his face and the bloating due to this. Okay. However, there's a very visibly like distinct area that's different. And it's right above like his eye and his face or his um, eye like on his forehead. Okay. And it's like a rosy color. And... Also, on that same eye, there looks to be, like, a cut on his eyelid and potentially underneath his eye. So, to me, it looks like a punch. Right. I mean, you can... A lot of different evidence can look one way, be another, but it looks... It absolutely looks like he was in a fight. And also, this wasn't mentioned anywhere, so I don't know if this was, like... If this is anything, but there was blood staining his... The color of his shirt. So, he's wearing Mm. a white shirt. And... We're talking about there's bl- a pool of blood beneath him, and actually and he's upside down. And he's upside down, and there's actually a shoe even on top of that pool of blood underneath him that had no blood on it, and his shirt's bloody. See, for me though, how would the how would the shoe? How would it possibly not be bloody? Because regardless of what accident or whatever, he wouldn't have started bleeding right away. So if he was leaning down for the shoe, and even if somebody planted it, how would you get the shoe in there after the fact on top of the blood with no blood on it? And I guess him, he could have coughed. Yeah. Choking on his blood before he died, and that could have put blood onto his shirt. So I don't don't think so because... I think that happens after you're dead. Oh, okay. So you he would have been deceased by the time the blood was starting to like bleed out, like really pool yeah. and like So and also too it it's ruled positional fix, asphyxiation. He would have he would have been like struggling for air. I don't think he would have like been able to like like cough. Okay. You know what I mean? So it just it's weird to me. It just feels like you have a shoe beneath the lowest point of gravity that has no blood on it, but above the, his, you know, where he would have been bleeding out of has blood on it. And we are, to, we are operating on the assumption that's ruled an accident. So he was a perfectly healthy, you know, normal boy going into this mat and he's got blood on his shirt. It's just weird to me. Like I said, could be nothing, but, um, could be something. How did the shoe get there? Yeah. So weird. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. We will talk about it. So, um, right away, there were issues with the crime scene. Kendrick was 5'10". The gym mat was 6 feet tall. His shoulder span was 19 inches across. Um, the opening of the mat was 14 inches. There's also a picture where his father, like, shows leaning into the mat. It's like, there's no, there's no fucking way. Supposedly, one of his arms was reaching up above his head, and the other was at his side, like he was reaching towards the shoe, which is you know, the assumption they come up with, but you know, how or why would you dive into a mat, you know, is taller than you and to get into your shoes, just tip the why mat over. Tip the mat over. Yeah. Like that just the logic of that, like it doesn't even sound like, Oh, I, I'm going to see if I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, no, what? you know, you can't climb back out. There's no way to like push yourself back out. Even if you were to successfully grab that shoe, right. Get to the bottom. Right. What's your end game? No. And you would know that 
even if you attempted, let's let's play pretend for a minute, right? And, and say he is climbing into the mat. You would know before it was too far that you couldn't. Now it's not gonna work. Yeah, you would realize at a point when you got to right at the shoulders where you could change your mind. This other arm would Great still point. be outside like this. Feet kicking. You have time. There were literally people in the gym. Right. You wouldn't just be like, you wouldn't kick your body and be like in a handstand in the mat right. where you had no other choice. All of a sudden you just go, Bloop. no. Be able to lean his body the other way. And how did the mat not just tip over itself while you're Truly, flailing you're about struggling. inside of it? Was yeah. that mat stuck somewhere? Like you're so stuck. No, it was, it was like in front of the other. You just like, as you were like, ah! Yeah, because like, you're stuck. It would like fall over. over or something, and then you would roll yourself out, right? So it was. It was. Uh, there was bands around it, so it wasn't. Like, oh, okay. Loose. Okay, so that makes it even less less likely. Give, yeah, to be able to shove yourself. Well, less in likely it. that you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna do this. No, no. And to your point, you'd get in. I mean, you see how tight that is, like 19 inches to 14 inches of an opening, and you're tight enough to get stuck. Your, your body how, would be like, How did no. you not get stuck before you got your entire body into the mat where people wouldn't see it? No. Exactly. I didn't get stuck before that so my legs would still be hanging out. Like, I just slid right in there. had some fucking lube and just right, right. to the bottom. Oh, right. fucking stuck. Oh, no, I'm stuck. No. Mm. And he didn't even get to the bottom. He, I could see how once he was in there, though, if he was alive when he was in there, which he was not, if he was, he, where you might not be able to talk. Where people are, oh, you hear him screaming or whatever. But if you are stuck, right, you cannot move. Pressure on your lungs. The pressure on your lungs. You might not. uh, There might not be anything to come out. Right. So official ruling is that he went on his own to reach the shoes at the bottom of the mat. Apparently, he shared these shoes. These these shoes. um, They were gym shoes with another student. So instead of renting a locker, so they had to pay for lockers. A lot of kids. They said they would stash their shoes in the mats. So the other whoever they shared it with, or even if they weren't sharing, I'm assuming they could have their shoes ready for gym class. Okay. Um, the theory, one of the theories is the gym mats may have been laying flat on the floor, so they, like, had stashed them in, like, one side, and then they cleaned the gym and stuck the gym mat upright, so it wasn't meant to be underneath. And then as we talked about, um, the the ruling was that it was positional asphyxia. So other in other words, his oxygen was cut off and died, and it was completely accident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they talked to one of his friends too in the documentary, and his friends like, we no other kids too, and you'll you'll hear too. They find other shoes at the scene. Like other kids did this. He's like, we literally would just tip the mat over and pull them out from underneath. So. It, it's not a thing. Like, it wouldn't be a thing. So they tipped the mats over before. What, yeah, what this was a thing. Yeah. It was a thing to stash your shoes there, tip the mat over. It was not a thing to jump into it and try to climb it. Right. They made it a thing. They made it They made it a because, thing. It seem like because it was the a thing. shoe was a thing, they just turned it into it. Exactly. They turned it into a whole they thing. They used the whole story. The thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> they just tipped the mat. Uh, right? That makes more sense, too. And, you know, you think, like, teenagers, they're not going to be, like... I don't know. They're going to go the easiest route, right? So they also, Jackie, or Jackie Kendrick's mom also said that something to, you know, like we talk about like the position of the body, the photos that we see, um, Kendrick is all the way in the mat and his shoes are wrapped up in there with him. She says that they had 
unwrapped him and then wrapped him back up for photos. So they could have positioned him any way they wanted to. Mm. Because, you know, like with his hand above the, his head and all that kind of stuff. And Are you, you do, serious? Yeah, and you do see. So I thought about it too this way. If you find, now granted, they did say the body smelled, so I'm assuming they knew it was dead when they found him. But if you think about it too, like they might have tried to like get him out of there. Be like, is he still alive? Right, like, you give know, him CPR. Right. CPR, you gotta maybe, open it up. maybe he's just, yeah, like hanging on. Um, and there is like video footage of Kendrick, like almost like wrapped halfway, like his legs are wrapped up and his body is outside the mat. So it's like, did they wrap him back up again for just the leg? I don't, or did they pull him out and just partially and then to take more photos? I don't know. But it is said that what? they had rolled him back up. That's weird. And get this, the coroner, there was no CCTV footage at the time provided of the, um, the discovery of the body as well. So is there cameras in the gym? There is. And we'll talk about that footage too. There are four cameras in the gym. Four. Four fucking cameras. Four. The entire campus. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Cameras in the gym. That's stupid. The entire campus is all hooked up. <laughs> the coroner wasn't called for five hours. This is. That's against the law. Against Rosef, the law. What is it? Two yeah. hours? No. Is it it, quick it's immediate. It's supposed to be immediate. Is like, it, I, I don't know. Just reading this the other day. I feel like where it was, now I'm thinking two hours, but now it might have been like 30 minutes or something even quicker. There was like a time frame, huh? Yeah. And the time frame is definitely not fucking five hours, I'll tell you that much. Five. So, they reported, the coroner reported that the body had been moved, the scene had been compromised, and there was no cooperation from law enforcement. So... The integrity of the evidence had been compromised. Okay. So the body's been moved. He wasn't called for five hours. No cooperation from law enforcement. And literally put in the report, the integrity of the evidence had been compromised. So. Fuck you, Dale. <laughs> right off the bat, we're just really What doing are you job. fucking talking about? At a school. At, school. At, At a child. fucking school where there's children everywhere and all, it's been compromised. Are you crazy? <sighs> and why was he called right away? Like, this is just... P.S. Are you all new? Not one of you motherfuckers knows the rules of murder? You're right. a police officer. Nobody walked in there and was like, nobody touch anything. This is a murder right. scene. Or this is... Whatever. You watch CSI? You watch CSI? What do we do? No. What do we do? Like, come on. They're, they. This is what they do for a fucking living. Like, if I was that bad at my job, I wouldn't have it anymore. So. Hi. Um, yeah. So, more, you know, information about the crime scene. There was, like we said, there was a pool of blood at the bottom of the mat under his head. One shoe sitting on top of the mat. No blood on the shoe sitting on top of a pool of blood. And I don't know why I didn't really think about this before. Because I've only ever heard about, like, the one shoe. The other fucking shoe was found outside of the mat a couple feet away. So he's diving in to get his gym shoes, but there's only one? And the other one's outside of the fucking mat? Now, I heard that it was, like, in the middle of his body or something. Could his, that have been after they, when they rolled him back up, I guess? Nope. It was reported. Okay. That the evidence at the crime scene, the shoe was reported as being found a couple feet away outside the mat. 
his other one and then thrown the one shoe and then had to get the other one. Yep. That's definitely like a could be theory, but I don't know. He'd have no way to pull the shoe up past his body up over his body and you know out the top of the mat there just wouldn't have been any like he's on top of the mat and he's getting ready to dive in and the one shoe's right there so he grabs it and throws oh, it oh as you were saying and then goes to grab the other one to me though how does the other shoe at the bottom of the mat not get blood on it right and why were they at separate ends of the mat too to me it would think it would make sense that they were together at the, at the bottom you know what i mean yeah but, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it could possibly. If, like, the one pushed down when he grabbed it or something, he just fell in, like, shit, oh, shit happens. And yeah. And like, fuck. That's a good point. Like, they were sitting up at the top, and he's like, The oh, one turned and fell, fell yeah. you know, and so he right, threw that one. Right. But so that one's at the bottom, and then you fall in, and then you bleed. Yeah, you're going to bleed on top of the fucking shoe. They Even if you're stuck with the shoe, and then the shoe falls afterwards, you're still going to be dripping blood for at, for a Hours and hours and hours. Both your eyes and your ears. So there's not just like one little stream of blood. Like, right. no, it's different areas that's. And it's gonna be splashing a little. Yeah. And so to me, even no matter what, no matter if this is an accident or murder or whatever, how the fuck? Right. Because that shoe is stuck inside of there and there's blood and in there. And it was pristine. How? It was pristine. Like, there's not even a, like, a spot of blood. So there were. Two pairs of Kendrick's, Kendrick's shoes at the scene. His shoes that he was wearing also were not on his feet. They were rolled up in the mat with him um, by his calves. So I heard uh, one podcast, um, I think, I can't remember which one it said. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. It, yeah, is that they were up kind of, yeah, yeah. But in the mat with him. But um, they talked about maybe like he kind of like kicked him off and he was, as he was trying to like flail his feet or like kick. But they are, like, legit, like, I mean, wedged, like, wrapped up in that mat with him against his legs. It doesn't look like, oh, they just, like, fell off and fell right there. And if you're that tight inside of there, there's not all this room for stuff to just smush itself down next to you. Like, they make the details work to their favor in a different moment each time. Like, so they think that he just fell in. So it was the... The opening wouldn't have... You can't just fall in when the opening is is not as wide as your own shoulders are. Well, right. Plus, if you're falling in at that weight and size, yeah. it, the mat's going to fall over. Like, right. Right. Not fall over. What? And then, too, so so he can just... So it's so... it's It is so that he can just fall right in. But then it's tight enough that he gets stuck. Like, you can't have it both ways, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Right. It's one way or the other. Sure you can, please. Yeah, exactly. So, um, also at the scene were another pair of shoes. Two, I think two other pairs of shoes. One had, like, a blood... Like, I should say blood. One had a red, like, splatter on it. And, like, the photos, they determined it wasn't blood. Mm-hmm. Um, looks weird. But they didn't collect the shoes. They just... No one claimed them. They didn't collect them. They left them. Like, I assume just left them there. And didn't bag them up for evidence. And Why would you not? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> everything that's in this entire gym, bag it up, bag it up, all of it. <laughs> Even if he wasn't take that basketball net, let's go. <laughs> he wasn't in that mat. We're taking it. Right. <laughs> I mean, why would you not? Every yeah. pair of shoes that's Every there, pair, like right. all the shoes. You know, obviously there's Figure something with shoes. shoes. He's got 15 shoes in there, tucked in with him. Right. Take all the shoes. Yeah. There was also a grace. I think it was a gray sweatshirt, but a sweatshirt that had blood on it that did not belong to Kendrick. 
was not taken. Okay. Was not retrieved. <laughs> like, I watch, again with the CSI, I watch CSI and I wouldn't fucking know to take that sweatshirt. Like, and I don't do this for a living. I, I just, and that makes me feel no. I'm just so angry for his parents. And oh. I don't know how they, because I would have done burnt your motherfucking house down in yeah. your granny's house and it would be frustrating. With your dog in it. I'm it would be frustrating fuck. enough if he was an adult. That would that would be frustrating. But he's a fucking kid. He's a child. And you treated him like garbage. Yeah. By what you did as soon as you walked into the gym. Right. But no. No. So the medical examiner had been told that this was common. The kids would throw their shoes in the mats, climb in and retrieve them. Um, and so they ruled that it was the positional asphyxiation purely, seemingly, seemingly, purely off of that theory of, or what they were told from the, um, okay. from the police. Not from the actual autopsy? Nope. The, none, of, like, none of the science would. And you'll, you'll hear, too, um, there was a second autopsy that we'll cover, and you'll hear a little bit more about what the science actually shows mm-hmm. on the body. Um, outside investigators are eventually brought in and um, a little bit later on. And Mitch Creedle is one of them. He was a, an investigator from Washington, D.C. He was interviewed on the documentary. And he has since turned whistleblower on the whole thing, calling it a cover-up. Um, one of his initial red flags was his um, interview with the, the ME. He's... He, he said that she told him, based off of her findings of what she was told, this is how she ruled it. And then he started asking questions about it. He was like, oh, typically we don't, you know, we see the opposite. We can't get a ruling from the Emmy because they're like, I just can't make the science work on this one. We still need to figure this out. So it was strange that he was like, she was just like, oh, no, yeah, this is just what happened. They told me that. So I said it. Uh, <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, we've talked a little bit about this, the CCTV footage. Mm-hmm. Four. In case you didn't hear that before. Four fucking cameras. And I, you know, I told you in Bath when I was doing this research that I watched this footage. Um, it's, it's footage that shows the hallway and then into the gym. And I was like, it's fucking bananas. Like, it, to me, it's just, I don't know. I want Holly to see this footage. I'm so excited, you guys. And then we're going to pause, and then we're going to come back, and she'll uh, kind of give you some details about it. Okay. All right. Holy fuck! Right? That was my exact reaction, so I'm glad you feel the same way. Okay, so they slow this video down a lot at the end, so can we put this on, on the show notes? We can, can link we put, we'll, can we'll we link, link the, it. Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. It's a CNN article, and they, like, slow down the footage so it's a little bit easier to see body language. It's stupid obvious what's happening. Yeah. So do you want to tell, like, a little bit about the scene? So in the video, uh, Kendrick is coming down the hallway, and there are three boys, well, two boys standing there. Uh, two black males, and then a, it's the white male that walks up. I believe yep, so. Yep, and then he walks up, and he shakes hands with both of the boys mm-hmm. that are standing there. Yep. Kind of looks like a little bit weird of handshakes to me, almost like, are you giving them something? 
Um, and as as one of them sees Kendrick coming down the hallway, he like jumps back to the guys to be like, "Oh shit! Look, here he comes!" Like right. that's exactly what it looks like. Right. Kendrick is purposely walking as far as close to the wall as he can, and as he passes them, they're talking to him. Right. At least one of them is talking to him. You can see Kendrick they're looking right at each other. And then as he comes around and almost gets into the gym, another guy walks out from the stairwell. Out off, you can't see it in the shot, so he's like off scene in a, off scene until yeah. after Kendrick passes, and all of a sudden this guy comes walking out, but one of the other guys is looking at him. He right. was a staged guy. Yeah, it looked set up. Like the two, the three guys are like, it looks like they're like, oh hey, do you see, do you see Kendrick? Oh yeah, okay, he's coming down the hallway. Yeah, and then the guy was like, oh hey, what's up, Kendrick? And then as Kendrick passes him, the three guys are like looking at each other, kind of like, okay. And then the one, like you said, the one guy looks directly at the other guy who is off scene, not seen in, in the, the stairwell. In the stairwell. And then the four, he walks towards them, and the four of them mm-hmm. follow Kendrick. And then in the before footage, they don't slow that part down. So we'd like to maybe we yeah. can try that. They show a little tiny clip of Kendrick running through the gym and where that camera angle is is him right after he gets into the gym and if you watch the the video we'll we'll clip on there um you can see that it looks like he is starting to run right right when that video clip ends and then when you see the other video clip that's him running through the gym he knew those guys were coming after him right who are you who are you yeah and 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 that's the frustrating part is we don't know yeah and you're right. And so in the um, footage that we watched on, the, on that, um, the link, the CNN article that we'll link, is that they do show him running first. And then it's like when you piece it together, you're like, okay, wait, okay, so he's running in the gym. And then they show you the hallway. But it's like if you think about it, okay, no, wait, that's him leading up into the gym. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's booking it. Yep. Like that, you can read all of that. Even in the grainy But footage. what's happening at that point? Because... There's other dudes in the gym playing basketball. Playing basketball. There is absolutely no fucking way that they did not witness what happened. Absolutely. No fucking way. Because they're in the middle of playing and there's like three or fucking four of them playing. And if he's running, it happens right then. In about 30 seconds is when something's about to go down. He gets hit and hurts himself. So they fucking, he gets rolled up. So in my my mind, I thought maybe... The people in the gym are like, oh, shit, something's about to go down. And they, like, book it. They're like... But then you know. But you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You know who you are. And it makes no sense that people wouldn't come forward and tell what they know. But we'll learn a little bit more why that would be... um, Why people would have felt threatened to do so. All right. So, as we talked about, it captures Kendrick going into the gym and then out of frame... Um, back towards so the, the kid we mentioned the kids playing basketball they are in the opposite end of the gym from where the mats so but how do you not have a picture of literally every single fucking thing since you have four cameras in the gym yeah i don't know it, it so we'll find with the cc so we'll find with this footage here that um they as we mentioned four cameras there's missing time from all four yeah so literally uh you'd have four cameras in the four corners of the fucking room Right. And that, it would show every single so it show every angle. Every angle. All of it. You got four cameras. And even with the amount of data they released, to your point, we should have something of like what happened after that. Right. Like, cause so they so what they show is the gap of missing time, or one of the gaps of missing time, is from around eleven AM to 
109 to 116 p.m. They all kind of like go off and on at different times, but around the same time. And he's last seen, so that footage of him going to the gym is supposed to be around like 120 p.m. Or they say 120 p.m. I think there's actually like a time stamped still of that footage. As we discussed earlier, the sheriff's report says the incident happened at 109 p.m., which would be before he is apparently seen on video. However, then there's nothing after that. Like, we see that clip of him going, so then what happens? Do we not have footage after that? Do they just give, like, you know, 10 minutes? Did the, the cameras go back on? You're like, here's 10 minutes of that time. Because they're also missing the footage of the discovery of the body. They don't have any of that. The police literally left Of course you fucking don't. Yeah. They left it Of course you fucking don't. Because it's the discovery of the body. And, and also, why the fuck would you not? Like, I... I can't. Like, we're saying, of course you wouldn't, because that just is how things go, it feels like, with all these <laughs> really frustrating cases. But why wouldn't you have all that? And they left it up to the discretion of the school to get the files that they deemed, you know, appropriate. So Excuse you. Yeah. I am the police. There's a dead kid in your school. I will take all of it. Yeah. Thank you. And I will... There will be at least several eyes looking, pouring over the hours of that. The other weird thing is that, like, the, the time stamp will show, like, 12.45 p.m. in the hallway. And then, like, he's, uh, then he's, the next frame, he's in the gym and it's 1.09. So, it's, like, there's time discrepancies. Um, oh, my God. I just can't even take it. Being, yeah. Like, thinking about his mom, like, coming up there and then the police calling and being like, so we're missing the exact time, the 15 minutes from the whole year, just that 15 minutes. Just that. Every single camera, all of them. They're right. All. And when they discover the body, that, it just, you know, someone hit rewind, record, it just happens. It's like, no, like, that's stuff. fucking that's too, fucking me. I'm, yeah. I'm coming to that school. I'll be in prison, probably. Because I'll be there every fucking day. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's the principal? I'm coming to your fucking house, bitch, right? Because you're the principal. I'm Sorry, up. Sorry for you, but I know you fucking lying. I'm coming. Oh, they have. They would have had to have. You're fucking lying. Been involved. They would have been there with the police as their. I mean, as a principal, you would have to. You know, you'd have to be involved. So if if if, if there was a cover up, I mean, all of this is alleged. You know, they did officially rule it as an accident, but it's just. I mean, going through. The evidence that we do have, it just, that doesn't line up. It just doesn't line up. So the forensic specialist who reviewed the footage did say that the um, files that the police received were not the original files. They were copies that were made. Um, He found the files were altered. The quality of the footage was altered to make it, you know, more grainy. And the process of downloading and processing the files further degraded the footage. So it's very unreliable. Hi! What the fuck do you mean? Isn't that warrant enough at that point to be like, now I have a warrant for your original fucking files. Give right. it to me. Right. Subpoena your asses. Seems like the basic of CNN. Law. Like, boop. CNN actually sued um, for the files, and they. I never saw that it was ever resolved. Okay. Nothing ever indicated. I know they never received it, so it was never resolved. So, um, also, too, it's like, you can't have things both ways. So, you don't have the footage of Kendrick's, like, going into the mats, coming out of the mats, but that, we'll find, we'll, we'll talk about this, you know, 
potential suspects if there was a crime, you know, who they would be. And the footage is like one of the other's alibis. So you can't have it both ways. Like either this footage is reliable or it's not. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. It's, it's one of the many frustrating things about this case is that they manipulate the information to be like, oh, it works for our favor right here. Right. And Which then, is why they're using the fucking shoes. You yeah. just found out that they put their shoes in there, so that's the story that you fucking picked. Right. It's convenient, and you can manipulate Fuck that. Yeah. you. So while we were filming the documentary, they also uncovered an FBI report regarding the CCTV footage. So um, we'll talk more about them, but Brian and Brandon Bell are the two suspects. They're brothers. Their father, Rick Bell, is an FBI agent. <laughs> was an FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy that. Leave me alone. I wonder why this case is so confusing. Um, and hard to follow. Just a wee little podcast gal. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, convenient. So, very convenient, right? Convenient that all this stuff seems to be like, you know, not working in the prosecution's or, the, you know, the, the discovery's favor, the victim's favor, mm-hmm. you know? Interesting. So, the CCTV sh- does show both bellboys were on campus the day of the disappearance. Brandon's alibi, the older brother, he was on a way to a wrestling tournament. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Brian's alibi was that he was in a different area of the building on the on the CCTV footage. Um, however, they were both interviewed, and the and Brian said, you know, one of the questions they asked was, "Did you see Kendrick at all during that day?" And he said, "No, no, I didn't even see him that day. I didn't see him at all." Well, during, you know, while they were filming, they found an FBI report and they, like, were looking at the stills and, like, mapping out everyone's movements. And they found a still where Brian and Kendrick were seen together on that day, walking in a hallway. I will say it doesn't look super suspicious because it doesn't even look like, I don't know, you can't even tell if they're necessarily talking to each other or if they're just walking in a hallway in the same direction. But sometimes you can be walking right next to somebody and purposely not looking at them and right. saying, I'm going to fucking kill you later. Right, right, exactly. And and you'd want to be, you know, undercover. Being, you know you're ambiguous, right? Exactly. So you're just walking even farther away and just letting them know. I feel like there would have been more of a reaction like the video that we just watched. You can see Kendrick look right at him. Right. He says something. But both of them could have been. So they, Who the was both- the boy then? I wonder if we can figure that out. Was that one of the nope the I didn't boys see, there? So neither of the Bell brothers I saw in that footage. Okay. According to what they were wearing that day. Okay, because that kid has a red shirt on. Okay. Right. Okay. And it's weird because was her sweater? They talked about it. So Brian was wearing. I don't know what Brandon was wearing that day. They don't have pictures of him okay. at school. Um, Brian was wearing a dark colored hoodie, but then later in the day, so then there's also this like still of him from that apparently from that day. Wearing a white pullover, and people were like, "Oh my God, see, there's blood on his his shoulder." It was actually just a logo, so everyone's like focused on the fact that, "Oh, it's just a logo, it's just the shirt, whatever." But in my mind, it's weird if that is of the day that he was wearing a dark hoodie in the morning and then had a, this other like this new pullover on mm-hmm. in the afternoon. The fuck is up with that, right? Yep. 
So but the dark pullover hoodie then wouldn't even match the gray, gray hoodie. One. No, okay. it would have been gotten. It could have been gotten rid of though. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were multiple people. The gray hoodie doesn't even match. You know any of the other boys that were following him in. They were like wearing red and white. I think. But right. Um. But it just you know you have to get you, regardless. The sweatshirt should have been backed first of all, and you would agree with that. But. I think he could have had plenty of time to stash the sweatshirt or, like, put it in his backpack even or put it in his locker or, you know, whatever. Like, he's just been carrying it around. They weren't yeah. checking shit. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And at that point, they didn't even know that anything was wrong, so he easily could have just stuck oh, it in his book bag. Absolutely. At this point in time, they're thinking, oh, yeah, like, they, they're thinking it's an accident. Also, point. where's his folder? He was carrying a bright yellow folder in with him. Where's that? Right. Yeah, where's I'm that? not sure. They don't mention that. That's a good point. You would have just, like, set it nicely, you know, right wherever you were. Right. Bye, so you can grab your fucking shoes. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So solved the case. You it's did. Folder. It's going to be the folder. You're welcome. And that's what we are here to do is solve cases, bitches. <laughs> no, but it feels like it, though, so. You can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Mitch Creedle, the um, investigator from D.C. That I, that I mentioned and was brought in, um, who thinks it's a cover-up, was frustrated because during the documentary, well, during filming of it, he's shown this, the still, like, see, they were, they he did, Brian saw him that day. He was pissed because he's like, I never saw this fucking footage. He's like, how do filmmakers get their hands on this, on this, but I was investigating yeah. and didn't know this? And again, it's like, it doesn't look to be like, whoa, smoking gun, like, they obviously were fighting, you know, that day. But at least it could have been like, oh, you say you didn't see him, but here we are. Yeah, and it could have like punched holes in any lie. Yeah. Once a hole is punched in one lie, then they start to catch themselves up on Mm -hmm. other lies, you know? So it it could have been huge for him to know. How about just do your basic ass job? Right. Yeah. How about it? How about follow up on that? Nah, he said no. He said no. That was. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't do it. Case closed. It was an accident. So let's talk about the investigation. So we talked about what happened the day of discovery. Um, when Kendrick's body was handed over to the ME, she was told that the kids just did this sort of thing. So she ruled it an accident um, by death by positional asphyxiation. Excuse me. Um, Mitch, who was convinced of the cover-up, said... The, the investigator said, um, for 11 of my 23 years I worked on cold cases, I've never seen a doctor rule on a theory without being able to present facts to me. And, again, the, me- the medical examiner then kicked him out of her office when he started asking questions about it. She's like, nope, sorry, bye. This is what I said. I said what I said. Bye. It's, and, again, I don't know how you can just do that either. It's like, he's investigating. You can't just say no. But... Or maybe at that point he didn't have all the stuff and it was like yeah. a friendly conversation. Then True. it's like, well, now you're asking real questions and that can be a legal matter so that I could kind That's of understand fair. where yeah. at that point you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-huh. No, can't do that. You know, you got to. True. So I can like kind of see that, but right. it's fishy as fuck. It is. But how is that even a thing? Is that still a thing? Like you can just be like, well, it's probably this. Oh, I'm sure that's still a thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sure that's still a thing. I mean, 
How many times have you been surprised but not surprised? So, I mean, but in, in, in where they really do their jobs and people who care, is it just your death would just be listed undetermined? When they could yes. not scientifically yes. prove, it just lists as that. Okay. So then his still should have been listed as undetermined because you didn't have your scientific proof, you your medical show. proof. Yeah. Right. Because you can't show asphyxiation. So and that's, we will get to that because we'll talk about that in the second octopsy. Goody. Because that's part of it, why it's so, like... What? Because the science literally does not back that up at all. In mm. fact, it backs up other theories. Mm. So, yeah. So, before the second autopsy, um, after the initial autopsy, the family was frustrated, understandably. So, they made peaceful public statements. They held marches. Uh, they had public displays of their anger and, uh, and protested by blocking the entrance of the Lowndes County Courthouse. They joined together to make a human chain. I mean, that's love. Okay. You know, they mm-hmm. were just out there every day holding signs, pictures of him, um, pictures of what happened to him, Ugh. and just were not listened to. And this part makes me so angry because KJ's, um, Kendrick's aunt, Lydia, on the documentary states, people would shout mean comments to them, like, get a job! Like, while they're sitting out there advocating for their dead, her dead nephew, like, part of their... It's Fuck just, you, Karen! Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. There's another part, too. People are so sad. I just... Fuck. Go back to your miserable... Seriously. Life. And she's like, I have two jobs, but still made time to go out and march and, you know, be there for her family. Like, that's just so frustrating. There's this one, um, like, footage of an interview where one of the moms, like, a parent of another student... I think it was like the day of they were interviewed and they're like, how do you feel about this? The safety of your children? I don't know. I don't know what the question was, but she goes, she was like crying. She's like, I'm just, I'm like so glad it just, it wasn't my son. (laughs) What? Excuse me? (laughs) Bitch. Right. She's like, (laughs) was she standing there? Could she hear her? No, it wasn't close to the family. Oh, I would love to chop you. Oh my god, right? Like, I, I'm so sorry for you that you feel so fearful this could have happened to your family. I like, hope you feel bad every single fucking day. <sighs> so glad it's up. Oh, yeah. So, they didn't accept the ruling of it being an accident, so they hired um, Dr. Bill Anderson to do a second autopsy. Oh, and dad. Right? They are huge advocates for him. I, I love it. Um, so he was hired by the family to perform a second autopsy in June of 2013. The initial ruling, again, positional asphyxiation. I still can't say it. I don't think I'll be able to. Even by the end of this, I won't be able to say that word. So um, someone with positional asphyxia, they are struggling for breath. And the organs are fighting over a period of time. The muscles begin to exhaust, slow down which will then cause a buildup of fluid in the lungs and which in turn suffocates the person. Kendrick's lungs did not have any fluids. Also, when this buildup of fluids happens, it will cause the lungs to weigh more than normal lungs, like a lot more. And Kendrick's were normal weight. So, but being upside down, is it possible for the liquid that was in the lungs to then come back out of the body somehow? Um, I don't believe so. I think it gets, they get like trapped in the lungs. Okay. And 
I'm guessing that's the, what that's why it gets trapped in the lungs. But for sure, they would have mentioned that if if that was possible, that they, when you're upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the guy, the pathologist that they used was like super like decorated pathologist. Like he was like super good at his job. Okay. And he goes through like in the documentary, he goes through like some of the forensics of the case and breaks down some of the stuff. So and he like very medically explains this better than I did. Okay. So it's it's. A good question. I don't think that that could have been the case. Right, right. Um, so, the weight of the lungs he is referring to is from the report of the initial autopsy. Um, and so, all this is red flags to Dr. Anderson immediately, right off the bat. And I say that about the weight and all, all of this determination was actually, he's finding this from the initial autopsy because... He couldn't figure. He couldn't do all of this um, himself because when they exhumed the body, the organs were not there. Oh my god! I forgot about that. The body had been stuffed with newspaper. Oh! <sighs> Can you fucking imagine, like, paying for someone to like have some hope? You know, they're like, I got, we've got hope. The second autopsy, an independent, not the GBI, mm-hmm. um, doing this, like, not local authorities. Like, we'll get our own independent guy to look at this and feel like we're gonna get some answers. You know, we're going to get some answers. And they open up the body and to just be stuffed with fucking newspaper. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. The medical examiner that did the first autopsy stated the organs had been bagged up and set inside the body before closing it up and sending to the funeral home. The funeral home did sign off on receiving the body and the clothes, but could not confirm the clothes and organs ever made it to the funeral home. The clothes are also missing. According to what? Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a really good fucking lie to put on the funeral home, and then the funeral yeah. home's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like yeah. I signed a paper for organs, and then right. you can just be like, Boop! I signed up for the body. We have the body, like, you know. Right. What do you mean, organs? O- organs? What? Okay. Yeah, and, you know, it's. Do they normally put organs in bags? Yes. That, you After an autopsy, you... yep, they put them in a bag and, and stick them in the body, like, stick them back yeah. in the body. Um, so, according to the scene, the funeral director um, did claim that the organs were destroyed. He, he claimed that the organs were destroyed through natural process due to the position of the body when he died. So, there's too much um, uh, what's it, decomposition. Which one is it? Uh, right. So, they have the organs or they don't have the organs? The organs were too right. decayed? Or, they were too yeah. decayed or you put them in bags. Which oh, one? Exactly. And when you put them in the bags and you put them back in, do they close the body up or just fucking bag organs yes. falling out everywhere? They close the body up to bring some to the funeral home, the funeral home, and then open them back up. And Why does the funeral home open them back up? Um, you know, maybe they don't. Maybe they just do the embalming and they just, like, assume it's in the... I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, now I need to fucking know. <laughs> I know. And um, one of our favorite podcasts, Morbid... Hello. We're best friends. We're besties. We love you. Congratulations. Yes. Awesome news today. We'll talk about that at the end because that's fucking phenomenal news. Um, But they, Elena is, she works at an Emmy's office, right? She does like autopsies Uh and stuff like that. And is she a medical examiner? She works for one. Either way, she does that kind of stuff. So she's familiar with how it happens. And she said, you know, when they release the body, they have to check off, like, the organs is part of the, che- the major check off. You have okay. to, if you're going to dispose of any organs, the, bo- the, pa- the family, excuse me, has to sign off on that and be like, okay, you can dispose of them. Right. You know, and they will then fill the body with something like gauze pads, like cotton. So, 
newspaper, not, you know, exactly what people would normally use, but it's not unheard of to stuff a body. However, the organs just being miss fucking missing is not common. I mean, that's just not okay. I mean, I just, how do you get there? Like, normally we use cotton or this. Like, there's got to be a certain thing at your office that you always put inside of Absolutely. bodies. Absolutely. And then today you were like, oh, shit, we're fresh out of that. We're going to use this newspaper over here. What? Right. What? So I think, and I do think that I saw somewhere that the news, that the funeral home admitted to put in, using the newspaper to stuffing the body because they had to, like, you know, you have to form the body. The body has to look right for, like, viewing and stuff. So it was empty when it got there? Exactly. So that's, I think that's what they're claiming. They're like, no, it was. They, they, that would make more sense. Yeah. So they, but they like, put newspaper in it because they were like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, it's supposed to be right in there. there. And, like, you I'm need, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's kind of where we're at. It's like a who said what kind of deal. Mm. And I mean, isn't that part of the job as the cops is to figure out not, who did what? And not just mm-hmm. go, oh, well, they both said they don't know. Oops. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. We're at an impasse. Okay, move on. No. So, um, Dr. Anderson only had Kendrick's body to examine, and so he did. He noted there was an area of bleeding, um, a hemorrhage beneath his jawline in the area of what's called your carotid sinus, which is part of your carotid artery, I mean, um, artery in your body. So the carotid sinus is there to monitor blood pressure. Um, it's very sensitive site. It can trigger large reflexive responses throughout your body, in particular, slowing your heart rate down to help slow your blood pressure. Blunt force trauma to this area could result in sudden death. So his opinion was the hemorrhage in that area was due to blunt force trauma to the neck. Mm-hmm. It should be noted, the bruising was not detected in the initial autopsy done by the, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the GBI. However, the bruising under his jaw was in the paramedics report. Hmm. Also, the paramedics reported that they told law enforcement the scene should be roped off and there appears to be foul play. What the fuck? That's in the report? That's in the paramedics report. It says foul play? Yeah. There appears to be foul play. I don't understand. So his official finding was death due to blunt force trauma to the side of the neck. What the fuck? It's like what we were talking about when people go in and you have like psychologists for the defense and for the prosecution. And they fucking say literally opposite things. What are yes. you fucking talking about? One of you is obviously, or both of you, completely wrong. Right. You cannot be for the same job and say something that are two different things. Right. You're lying. Especially when it comes to, what, biology? Yeah. Chemistry? Yeah. Anatomy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you can't. There's not, I mean... How do you have a paramedic... Who's there to help say, well, we should rope it off. And you're like, that's not what we do here, Joe. This is all this is fine. Obviously an accident. This kid rolled himself up in this man. <laughs> and, you know, thinking too about like the initial finding, I wouldn't think, oh, he jumped in there and got caught. I'd be like, someone rolled this kid up in a mat. So it's like, how do you just jump immediately to accident? Yeah. And all those other mats are laying down. You can see some of the other mats. Yeah, there are some there are some other ones that are standing up though too in some okay. of the images. So, um that was what when I say June 2013. <laughs> I just can't get it <laughs> Who jumps in a mat? Nobody jumps in a Who fucking, fucking mat. Who jumps in a mat? 
Like, no, one that's banded together, so it's not even like, oh, if I, you know, I can just hold out like, of this thing if I need to. Swan diving yeah. in there. Here we go, guys. Woo! Reminds me of like a Looney Tunes. Swan dive. You know, like a like jumping mm-hmm. from a high dive yeah. into like a small pool. Yeah, like you know Space Jam. Yeah. Into the <laughs> yes, yes. pool. No, yeah, I, that's not real life, bud. So, um, where was I at? Okay, so in October, October 31st, actually, of 2013, the United States Attorney for the Middle District of Georgia, Michael Moore, announced to the public his office would be looking into the death of Kendrick. A quote from his press release was, At this time, I am of the opinion that a sufficient basis exists for my office to conduct a formal review of the facts and investigation surrounding the death of Kendrick Johnson. Fuck yeah. I do this with an open mind, neither accepting nor rejecting the opinions of anyone who has previously investigated the circumstances of Mr. Johnson's death. As the United States Attorney, and within the confines of appropriate federal jurisdiction, I am committed to the following, to following the facts wherever they may lead. My objective is to discover the truth, and I believe that can only be done by gathering all of the relevant information surrounding Mr. Johnson's death. I am committed to everything in my power to answer the questions that exist in this case, or as many of them as we can. So, a few months after that, January 27th, 2014, an anonymous email tip comes in. This email is from someone who claims their friend was at a party, and that a friend spoke to a girl who was there dating, and it's redacted, so we'll say redacted. So there was a girl there who was dating redacted. The girl had slept with KJ while she was dating Redacted, and the boyfriend found out and threatened him, threatened KJ. Per the girlfriend, KJ told Redacted to meet him in the old gym. After third block, he would have his knife ready. Redacted met KJ and killed him. Redacted has been heard on multiple occasions saying this, and Redacted's brother also got drunk at a party saying he was tired of keeping it a secret. Sources covering the story were also informed the redacted person mentioned in the email has a father who's in the FBI. Conveniently conveniently enough. Hmm. The police did go speak with the person who sent the email, but reported they had just heard rumors, the person who sent it in nothing firsthand, and so they dismissed the lead. And Although the names are redacted, we can all um, know that they're referring to Brian and Brandon Bell. So, Brian and Brandon Bell... Let's talk about them. Brian Bell and Kendrick are, I believe, either the same age or closer, the closer or the, the closest of the three, mm-hmm. and possibly the closer in age. So Brian Bell and Kendrick got into a physical altercation about a year prior. They were on a school bus, going out of town to a football game. They were roughhousing, and it got a little too far, and then the two of them fought. And Kendrick got the upper hand in the fight, and then it this seemed to kind of hurt Brian's little ego. Okay. Brandon Bell, the brother of Brian, told Kendrick, it ain't over. As boys do. Oh. (laughs) Cool. So they were both interviewed about the case, um, and you should go watch it if you're interested because it's kind of funny. They both just kind of look like derps, and they seem to be (laughs) disingenuous. Um... You never know how people are going to act under pressure, but they just seem kind of like, I'm saying exactly what I should be saying. 
and that's it. And just, I don't know, like I said, yeah. just completely disingenuous. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they, they were like, we were friends. And the Johnson family were like, no, you weren't. You were bullying my son. And they're like, no, we were, we were friends. We were buds. Fuck you. Yeah. So, oh, man. Nuh-uh. If I was in that room, okay. I'm just going to punch you in the face real quick. My son is dead. Don't you fucking say you're friends. Right? <sighs> Poor salt in a wound. Mm. So Rick Bell, their father, was an FBI agent, and according to Kendrick's family on the documentary, the boy's father, um, Rick Bell, approached Kendrick and said, you know, that fight wasn't fair, and you should come over to the house and fight Brian for a rematch. And so Kendrick was, like, relaying this to his dad, like, that's not right. Like, he shouldn't be acting like that, you know? His father's like, no, just, you know, lay low, don't engage, what? Yeah, Rick and Rick has obviously denied this conversation, but you know, just it should be mentioned. Mitch Creedle, um, the DC homicide detective that was brought into the case, they he said they were finding witnesses to interview, and they found Rick Bell had each time already spoken to them. So they'd like go to speak with a witness, and he'd already gone and spoken to them. Which, if you have no horse in this race, if you have nothing to do with this case, your, your boys are innocent, why do you feel the need to go talk to all the different witnesses? Right. Even if you are, like, in law enforcement, you know, like... Are you even supposed to be? Is no, he's not. Absolutely. You're not even not supposed to be. What do you absolutely. mean? Absolutely. He, yeah. Um, he was interfering. He was essentially interfering with the investigation. And the witnesses would say they weren't threatened directly or overtly, but they did feel threatened by Rick Bell. And one even said Rick Bell would come and visit her job or she'd like see him outside. Like just watching. Stop. Yeah. And others reported feeling watched. And these brothers were the only ones that they pulled attendance records for, that they invest truly, you know, interviewed, investigated. I won't I won't say really investigated, but the, I guess the family is investigated because um in 2015, in July 2015, they do raid their home. The Bells? The Bells' home. The U.S. Marshals on uh, July 21st, 2015. And 2015 is when um, Mitch Creedle, the D.C. detective. So a couple of years, it's been local authorities that, quote-unquote, investigating or not investigating the mm-hmm. case. Even despite the district attorney being like, we're going to look into this. Um. 2015, all of the local authorities recused themselves from the case. And so they had to bring in outside people. Why? Because they they thought since it was Rick Bell that was involved, like they felt like they were too, you know, one of their own was involved. Okay. At least that was was their excuse. Was that we're too close to this. Okay. Okay. Um, So they didn't come in because they came in because they had to. Right. Okay. Because everyone else was like, no, nope. recusing myself. Yep. So they did do the raid. Um, uh, electronics and other items were taken from the home, but there is literally no other information about what they found. If they found anything, didn't... I, I, I was going to say, obviously, they didn't find anything, but I, I can't even say that. Right. <laughs> I can't say, obviously, they didn't find anything because they might have. They, they, they probably fucking did. But, um, yeah, nothing came of that. And the Bell family has maintained their innocence. Brian's alibi was like he was on his way to class. Innocence, though, like, but you were giving interviews. You were interviewing people. You right. 
Why would you need to do that if you're innocent? That's not innocent. But even that's just not yeah. innocent because you're interfering with the police investigation. And, and, and here's the thing, too. It's like innocent. Then you're saying a crime was committed and you're innocent of that crime. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you can't have it both ways. There's so many, like, I, you know, I'm kind of trying to switch it this way and switch it back. It's mm-hmm. like you can't do that. You can't have it both ways. Either a perfectly healthy young man fell into a gym mat or he didn't and there's foul play and you can say your sons weren't involved but you're kind of then admitting that maybe there was some foul play here but who are those guys then the other boys the other boys because if if what this story is if what if these brothers just let it slip they're stupid fucking fucks and they're saying they did it okay so Correct. you're saying they had other people do it for them um either either they weren't walking them. into the gym that looks like it's those fucking guys Right there, oh. whoever those guys are, it's one of them. They fucking did it. One of them. Absolutely. And then who's to say that, like, if the Bells were involved, didn't come in during that gap, or was already in on the other side of the gym. Yeah, already in there. Or, you know, and this is just their friends, yeah. you know? Um, and they're just going to, like, you know, beat him up. And and maybe it's not the Bell Brothers. Maybe and... it is literally just this group of guys. He could have had beef with somebody else. You know, We don't know. Mm-hmm. I... I can't say one way or the other that, like, it was officially the Bell Brothers, but I can say with certainty in my own mind that he didn't just fall into that mat. He went in there deceased. So whether or not it was the Bell Brothers, someone did something to him. Right, something happened. And a lot of people know about it and are covering it up. Exactly, and we'll hear a little bit more about some tips that, you know, another tip that comes in and, and how they felt about it. So... Something to note, the bus itinerary. So, okay, so Brian was on camera on his way to class. Brandon was on his way to a wrestling meet. The bus itinerary was got was retrieved during the investigation, and it shows the bus was set to leave at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. However, there's, like, discrepancies. Maybe that was when the meet started, so the bus, like, left before that. Um, it would surprise me. So they, they were saying that they left at 1230. It would surprise me they'd leave that early if the meet was at 4 p.m. Because I can imagine them driving four hours away just for a day trip for a wrestling meet. Now, I will say my nephew does wrestle and they totally do that. I don't four know hours about, I don't day. know about on a one school, way. I don't know about a school day, but there have been some that have been several gotcha. hours away. But those are like on a Saturday when it's a like yeah. a holiday thing, not like after school. After school. I can see if it's like an hour, maybe two after mm-hmm. school, you know, four hours total drive time. Four hours one way? No way. Th- I mean I guess maybe even like three hours one way. If you're still no way because you have to get there at four and then yeah. you have to wrestle for a while. Wrestling matches take fucking forever. Right. And then you still have to get back home. I mean, shit, you're going to get home at midnight? Yeah, right. Yeah. And this was a Thursday night. So it was a school night. So, and, and you know, it just, it's not reliable. There's, like with anything else with this case, there's no clear answer. When did the bus fucking leave? We don't know. Okay. It's essentially it. Like, don't you have fucking cameras outside? You don't have cameras to show when the fucking bus pulled off? You would think. And you'd think it's like when the FBI got involved, they'd be like, we need everything, bitches. Like, right. everything. Like, I just, I don't know. Well, obviously one of their own, so. <sighs> um, and then, I think I mentioned this. I'm sorry I mentioned this. Brian was on camera in the other side of the school. But can we rely on the time of that? Can we rely on any CCTV footage from this school? I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think so. Um, okay, so Rick Bell does eventually resign as an FBI agent following the raid of his home. 
I'm curious as to why. If he's so innocent, I'd feel pissed. I'd feel like I need to, I don't know, stay the course and not let them win and, like, quit my job. Well, maybe he's scared and if he has, you know, his kids and... He thinks it's what the people want, and it's just not worth it, or whatever. Yeah. That would be... That's a hard one. Yeah. I don't know. I could definitely see that. I just see feel curious. Yeah. For sure. Oh, it's still suspicious yeah. fuck. Just yeah. like everything else. Yes. You're like, hmm. How convenient. Right. So you just decide to resign, maybe mm-hmm. before you would have been forced out, because they're like, all right, we're going to cover this shit up because we don't want the liability, but your ass is grass. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. There could be so many, so many things. Um, in 2015, the Johnsons filed a $100 million civil lawsuit against 38 individuals. So, like how we were talking about before, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want your, I want to talk to the fucking principal. I want, mm-hmm. you know, I'd want your ass, like, in an interview. Um, persons named in the suit include three of Kendrick's classmates. Mm-hmm. I wonder who. Local, state, and federal officials the school superintendent of Lowndes County. And actually, it was said the superintendent's daughter is the one that found him oh, climbing shit. up on the mats. So it's curious that he's, or that, yeah, that he's named in the lawsuit. Um, the Valdosta Lowndes Crime Lab, the police chief, many sheriff's deputies, the city of Valdosta, the state medical examiner, the GBI, five of its agents, and one FBI agent. So lots of people. That's um, how many people fucked up. Right. And how many people you need just at the first day to be involved in cover up? What the fuck? Yeah. Again, and convenient. You, and you think you couldn't get that many people to cover up? But if you have threats, if you have an FBI agent and his, mm-hmm. you know, colleagues like pressuring you, you probably. I mean, I don't know if I. I can't say. I would like to think that I'd be like, no, fuck you. I'm telling the truth. But it would be scary. You've got families. The fuck you would. Right. Yeah. You have kids. Yeah. It's FBI. Right. Okay. Sure, whatever you say. I have it somewhere in my notes, but I'll say it now. They do say that, like, some of the, some witnesses or some people, like, said that they wanted to come forward with information or talk, but they were threatened they wouldn't graduate. What? If they talked to authorities and other people were, you know, threatened about not talking. Yeah. In other ways. So, mm-hmm. But that's not, is that, like, on record? No. Okay. That's just reported, but not on, not on any official record that I could see. So, although I don't blame them. I don't know. I, I wouldn't go on oh, record if I felt threatened. Um, all seven judges, in Georgia, seven judges in Georgia's Southern Judicial Circuit recused themselves from the lawsuit filed by the Johnsons. All seven. I mean, there's other judges in Georgia... But all seven, like, in that area, like, South Georgia. What? Yeah. Is that, like, a normal thing to do, though, when you're talking about something so big? Would most places do that in another state? Like I've never I've, heard of that before. Okay. Personally, and not, not to say it doesn't happen, I've never heard of that before in a case. Okay. And I can see maybe one But, I mean, judge, since this involves FBI. Right. What I'm, you know, how many and that's what they said. Involved. It is what they said that they're like, we work with these people, like we see them conflict on a regular like, to conflict of interest. I'm too close. I have seen before like attorneys have gotten in trouble where it's like, oh, you like knew somebody or like knew the judge or like you, this or that. There could be 
So I can see where they'd be like, I don't want, there's so much heat on this case. I don't want anyone to like come back and be like, well, you're colluding because mm-hmm. you know so and so or whatever. Um, in November of 2015, an attorney, or uh, yeah, attorney George Michael Moore, who initially said, we are going to, you know, hunt this down. He abruptly resigns. What? Yep. Is he their attorney? No, he was the district attorney of, of oh, Georgia. Oh, okay. So he was the one that like came out and was like, we are going to... Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. We're going to look in. We're going to investigate this. But he does. The, he resigns and then like goes and works for a, a, like a local law firm, like a defense What? Law. <laughs> um, also in November of 2015, the Department of Justice filed a motion in the civil case to stay the case. This halts further legal processes in, in a trial or other legal proceedings and was due to the ongoing criminal investigation. Okay. So they're pretty much like, you can't move forward with this at all because we are investigating this. Your civil suit. Oh, are you? Yeah. Are you? Right. What are you investigating? So the, the, at that point, they were technically investigating. But then in June of 2016, they closed their investigation stating... Officials from the U.S. Attorney's Office for... Oh, okay. Oops, I skipped over something because when he resigned in November um, as the district attorney, they moved his case to the Ohio District Attorney's Office. Okay. I don't... I don't know. I don't know why. Ohio? Ohio. Super oh, far away. Ohio. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. It's not even like a bordering state. Right. So in June of 2016, they closed their investigation, stating officials from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Ohio, Middle District of Georgia, and District of Columbia met today with members of Kendrick Johnson's family to inform them the findings and the conclusion of their investigation. Oh my God. After extensive investigation into the tragic event, the federal investigators determined that there is insufficient evidence to to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone or some group of people willfully violated Kendrick Johnson's civil rights or committed any other prosecutable federal crime. Prosecutable is the key word for me. Hi, know? there is insufficient evidence that he jumped into the fucking map by himself. There's right. literally no evidence to show he did that. Right. Or, yeah. Or that it even makes any fucking sense. Or that you could physically even do the science. Didn't they try it? Does Didn't somebody do it? Yeah, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't fit themselves in it. Wasn't there? They they do show fit, like a photo of his dad sticking mm-hmm. his head in, and like you can see like how tight that mm-hmm. opening is, like around his head and his shoulders. Like you're like, there's no way someone's just like, woo, whoops, I fell in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe if he was really challenging himself to be like, oh, I can climb in and climb back out. This would be cool, and like shoves himself in. But that wasn't what they said. They you still said have to shimmy yourself, in. and then the yeah. thing would fucking fall over. Yes. <sighs> The mechanics just do not add up. Um, so they closed the case without filing any federal criminal charges. So Kenneth Sr., his dad, in the documentary recounts them telling him or telling them that there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute, but not that there wasn't any evidence. He also says they admitted the shoe was planted. Yeah. Which I could see them, like, being like, you know, we'll admit this or that, like, but not on record. You know, they're not going to officially come out and say that, but they'll say, you know, the family, they said it to the family, which is so aggravating. I can only imagine being like, well, well, tell them that. 
Right. What are you fucking talking about? Um, the family was definitely given the impression through the conversations with the investigators that it wasn't that they proved no crime was committed, but more that they didn't have the evidence to move forward and claim a crime had been committed. So that Johnsons were then sued for attorney fees and defamation. Fuck you. Yeah. Shut up. And they had to pay nearly $300,000 in legal fees oh, for to their the lawsuit. Wow. Like, can you, How do you can sleep you at night? Can you believe? Around this time, the hacktivist group Anonymous investigated oh, in the case. Oh, my God. I remember when that shit went around. Yeah. Right? I, did, I forgot about this. We are anonymous. That they had, yeah, that they'd been involved in this. But they did release a video to the public regarding their findings. Um, they made it known to law enforcement that they know a cover-up has taken place. They talked about racism in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, they uncover students who said they were threatened with not graduating if they talked. Uh, they called out Lowndes County and say, they are, uh, Anonymous says, we are watching and you should have expected us. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. Cheers. So intense. Yeah, so that's available online to watch that, that whole video. In August of 2017, and this is a quote from Crime Online. So in the document, the interviewee alleged he was told, so this is another tip. An interviewee alleged he was told that the Johnson's organs were removed and replaced with newspaper to conceal his actual cause of death. He also said Brian Bell had struck Johnson in the neck with a 45-pound dumbbell during a roid rage episode and that someone who witnessed the murder was threatened with violence if they told. According to the witness, multiple people also conspired to have an hour and a half of this high school surveillance video deleted or corrupted, presumably to make it look like Johnson's killer or killers were not in the gymnasium when he died. So also mentioned is that the people involved were had to assist with, you know, the cleanup or whatever, and then were threatened if they ever told. So anyone... An, Anyone that had any kind of okay. information or saw So if anything. they cropped that video, could they have cropped that video and put him in there and that's not who was standing out there? Could that guy have been talking to the guy that was in the stairwell and that's why he was looking that way for so long and Kendrick, then they cropped that of him walking through there? So maybe those two... I don't know. So I don't... Technology nowadays, I could see that. 2013 feels a little early for that, you know, um, sophisticated of doctoring. Mm. For it not Pretty to intense be... intense movies and shit out at that point. I mean, it's really not that. But for someone to just, like, for an FBI agent, I mean, not someone in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying no to that. I'm yeah. just saying... And it definitely looks like they're all there. I'm just curious, like, then if they're saying they're cutting and altering. They did say that it was manipulated, the footage. I think they would have, the per, like, the, the forensic investigator who studied the footage mm-hmm. would have been like, see, right here, you can see where it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he studied the footage. You could see where it was spliced and replaced. Or, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Could be. Um, definitely altered. So time, like, like I said, they say the incident, such a specific time too, to be like, oh, yesterday at one oh nine. Yeah, it's not like they said one fifteen and then right, where or one twenty where they 
said, they could have been like, well, we saw him on the footage right there, so it must have been 120. Yeah. 109, which is 11 minutes before they they show a 120 timestamp of him in the, the gym alive. Right. So, obviously, things times were altered. Things were altered. So, that tip came through um, from someone unidentified. And, again, this is August of 2017. Okay. Nothing. Not, I mean, nothing's done. There's no further investigation into this. They're probably like, oh, we know. Or, or we've heard, but, like, they didn't do it, so fuck off. I don't know. But... A third autopsy was done then in June of 2018. Oh, shit. Again, by Bill Anderson. This time... How do you do autopsies at that point? How is there anything left to do an autopsy of? There was. He showed... Well, okay. I don't know how he long it takes for bodies body, to... Like the flesh to... Right. Yeah. He shows slides. I don't know if these were slides... When he's discussing the third autopsy, he shows his slides of... The body. Okay. And I don't know if he doesn't say for sure if it was from the third or the second autopsy. There's his he's still fully fleshed. Really? <laughs> in, okay. In these slides. Um again, I'm not sure if it was from the first the first one he did or if it was from the the you know the second one. But um so they look at the body again. And there, you know, there was enough there to have to have found something additional this time. Okay. So, in addition to the initial findings, they found blunt force trauma to the right side of the chest. So, Dr. Anderson feels they're, they're fairly convinced with how he died. So, they don't say much more about the trauma to the right side of the chest. They're still, you know, sticking with the trauma to the neck as being the deadly, you know, the, um, what killed him. But... The, the trauma to the side of the chest and, you know, just to see, you, you got to see this picture to see his eye. Like, it just looks like he was punched. Mm-hmm. He was in a fight. In my opinion. But. You can see them. Coming up. You can see it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you can see in the body language. You're like, oh, hey, there's Kendrick. Like, hey, let's go, you know, yep. this or that. Like, talking amongst themselves and then following him in. It's yep. just. Um. So they, I mentioned the slides. So they show a slide of where they saw the hemorrhage of his neck. And if you're squeamish, you know, obviously crime scene or photos of the body are not going to probably be for you. But this is super interesting to me because you can see on his neck, the fucking hemorrhage, his skin is like a, uh, like a black, like ashy, like, you know, just, you could tell discolored from death Mm -hmm. kind of thing. This spot is a, like a pinkish like, it looks like, um, uh, not like a blister, but, like, it looks like the skin has been, is hemorrhaged. Is mm-hmm. th- There's a, you know, uh, I can't think of another word to use other than hemorrhage. You can see it. It's like a pink area. So, and then he, that's what he points to. He's like, this is where we found the hemorrhage on his neck. So, that's the science that backs up the findings. Yes. I mean, not the theory of he jumped, just jumped in. That's what we're going to go with. Right. No fluid in the lungs, no, you know, weight difference of the lungs. That's just it. Like, that doesn't, that's bonkers to me that a doctor, a medical examiner would be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just, this is an accident. We'll move on. A fucking kid, you know, it'd be frustrating for an adult, but this is a kid we're talking about. Mm -mm. 
And it was on school grounds. I mean, it's just... So he said that he brought it again to the investigators, but nobody really wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to like look into his, his findings. And he even also too like showed the slides to like other pathologists and was like, do you see what I'm seeing? Like what, a, you know, what do you see? And in the dis- discussions, like with the family, like the investigators have pretty much said like, no, your, your pathologist is correct. Right. Again, I'm sure they can't say this. Like, no, we think that he's right and we wish we could prosecute, but we just can't because we just don't have the evidence. But that's pretty much what it comes down to. They just yeah. don't have the evidence. Is what it kind of seems like. They're not saying that outwardly. They're like, oh, no, it was an accident. But it seems like they're even accepting the fact that, right. no, this is... So... He's correct, but there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. So in March of 2021, due to public pressure and... Also, like, sadly, around this time, the Johnsons gave money to an individual who claimed to have audio recordings of Brian Bell confessing. So they brought, they brought this to the, the sheriff and was like, okay, well, let's reopen it. They found out this uh, the audio recordings were fabricated. No! So it's just, like, blow after blow you to this fucking family. assholes. I know, right? I can't stand it. You suck. Who does that? So then in January of 2022, a little less than a year later, and of this year, um, Sheriff Ashley Polk concluded that um, the evidence and other information did not produce anything to prove any criminal act by anyone that would have resulted in the death of Kendrick Johnson. He detailed his findings in a 16-page document, and the case was once again closed. How? How could you, how do you, your 16-page, does it say that the guy who did two autopsies has these things? How can you say it's closed? Right. But literally the person who says how they died. That's the whole person. The whole fucking person. Yeah, that's that's who you go to. That's who you put in your report is whatever that guy says. And that guy says he died because he got fucking hemorrhage in the neck from blunt force trauma. Yeah. What do you mean, Axe? What the fuck are you talking about? And what do you mean? It's like one thing to to be like, you know, we just we think there was foul play, we just don't have the evidence to support any kind of like you know, criminal act that we can target or anybody that we can target as, like, suspicious. Well, you can't say that fucking shit, so they're just gonna lie. I mean, but they have said before, like, we think foul play, but we just can't solve this case. You know, cold cases all the time Mm -hmm. are like, this is a crime, but we can't, you know, they don't just, like, it's just weird that they're, like, went with this whole, like, oh, no, it was just an accident. Because the FBI. Because the FBI. They don't want to leave it open for Can't leave it open. Can't mess with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mitch Creedle, the DC investigator, posed the question, if Kendrick was the suspect and one of the bellboys a victim, would there be evidence missing, organs missing, CCTV footage missing, evidence not provided to investigators, the incident ruled an accident, arrests not made? I mean, you gotta ask yourself these questions. Because a lot of shit is fucked up. Yeah. It's not just one thing. It's so many things. How How is this happening? And the Bells, one thing to mention with racism being, you know, kind of an, a theme in this whole thing is the Bell brothers, the Bell family is a white family. Mm-hmm. And the Johnsons are black. A white family in law enforcement. You know, it's, sadly, it's, it is, it's a truth in our country. Maybe, maybe didn't play a part in this case, but the facts really kind of seem to support that it absolutely does. Right. So 
We can't say anything for certain about this case, but what we can say is what we know about Kendrick. Kendrick was a sweet, loving, joy to be around, respectful, playful boy. The family described water fights at night in the home, running around, laughing, playing, just a loving family. And that's what they remember of him. And he was a big part of that love. And his absence is painful to his family. His life was cut short, and they mourn the memories they could have made together, and they cherish the ones that they did. R.I.P. Kendrick. R.I.P. I've got tears in my eyes. Because it's, it's, it's awful. Especially with these circumstances. And just what seems so frustratingly obvious, it feels like justice could be served, but... Mm-hmm. Justice will be served. I, I believe it will so. Happen. I believe so. So that's the story of Kendrick Johnson. Are you as frustrated as I am, Holly? Crushed. <laughs> oh, I'm crushed. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. On a little bit lighter of a note, right at the end of that, I'm not sure if my jokes will be at the beginning or the end. I think we're just gonna fucking just free ball it and yeah. see what happens. Um. So, um, I do not own the rights to these jokes. <laughs> um. So. What is killing your friend called? Uh, murder. Um, that's not very original. Uh. Yes, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super creative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, murder. Well, technically, yes, this is a very funny joke. <laughs> it's called a uh, homicide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I like it. But I'm shh. <laughs> Mom jokes are the best. That was good. Alright. Well, that's all we have for you today. Come back soon. Check us out on our socials. Sweet dreams, spookies. Sweet dreams. So, after Kendrick Johnson's family called Ashley Polk a liar, after he closed the case, um, he put up $500,000 of his own money for any information leading to an arrest and a conviction. So we will link um, how you can submit a tip, but their contact information is the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office, 120 Prison Farm Road in Valdosta, Georgia, 31603, P.O. Box 667. Their phone number is 229-671-2900. If you want to get updates on the show, you can join us on Facebook at Mombies Horror Podcast. For pictures to go with today's episode, follow us on Instagram at Mombies Horror. For fun videos, check out our TikTok at Mombies Horror. If you want to send case suggestions, you can do that to mombieshorror at gmail.com. If you want to be a part of the Spooky Humans community, join the Mombies Discord. And last but certainly not least, if you want to support the podcast monetarily, become a patron at patreon.com slash mombieshorror. You'll get early episodes, bonus content, and more goodies as we grow.